What's up, boxing fans? This is Sides of Boxing with your host, JJ Sermon. In this podcast, JJ gives an in-depth analysis of nearly every fight, from undercards to main events. Now, let's get into the ring. What's up, what's up, what's up? So in this episode of Sides of Boxing, I'm going to get into some important fights that happened this past weekend, which included KSI versus Logan Paul, Devin Haney, Billy Joe Saunders, Jamal Heron, and the list can keep going on and on. So let's get straight into it. All right, so to start things off, I want to get into the notable mentions. And for those of you who are new to this podcast, notable mentions are just some boxers who did very well this past weekend, who may not be the main event card, main event fighter, but who eventually can become that and who's working their way to the top. So the first boxer that I want to talk about is Rosie Ramirez, who is a two-time Olympic gold champion. He lost his first pro debut, and now he has his first win. He beat Fernando Abrera de Anda, and this was his second fight. Now he improves his record to one and one. He got a KO, so he has one KO now. And it was in the featherweight division. It was a six-round fight. And he did exactly what made him an Olympic gold medalist. Like, he just literally did a, a fantastic job with his counters, with being more aggressive. He wasn't aggressive in his pro debut. He even talked about how it was kind of like a blessing in disguise in a sense because now the pressure was off of him, and now he can just fight. And so in this fight, that's what exactly what he did. He did a very good job going to the body, also going upstairs, showing different looks, fainting. I mean, he had the whole package. So definitely he's a he's a good fighter. He was sitting on his punches a lot more, and I'm looking forward to what he's going to do in the featherweight division as well as many divisions beyond that. So that's all I got to say about Ramirez. The next fighter I want to talk about was uh, Gabriel Flores Jr., he improved his record to 16-0, and 0, and he fought uh, Ahilio Mosquito, and his record was 19-4, and 4, but now it's 19-5, and 5. and this was for the lightweight division. He was an eight-round fight. Gabriel Flores Jr. did a great job of, of a fighter who has more experience than him. He did a great job at controlling bringing the pressure which pretty much got him to win because he just kept that pressure going and i just felt like gabriel was a type of fighter that you got to keep your eye out on because he has a lot of skills he got good amateur background and he has this this swag about him this style about him that shows that he knows how to box and he has the persona and demeanor to uh to be eventually like be one of those top guys in boxing if he continues on on this path and that's pretty much all i gotta say about that another fight i want to talk about is the johnny beck alum cannoli he is a guy i mentioned on this boxing podcast multiple times and he's continuing to do exactly like how i predicted now he improves his record to eight and zero with four ko's and he fought albert um allen nosey and this was, and his record was 24-2-1 coming to this fight with AKOs. And now he has 24 wins, two draws, and two losses now. And this is for the middleweight division. It was a 10-round fight. And Johnny Beck 
man, this guy's improving. He's sitting on his punches more. He's doing a great job at just showing showing his improvement from when I've seen him when he first started fighting on the undercards to now. He's definitely improving, and I consider him fighting for a world title shot very, very, very soon because he definitely has all the skills. So that's all I wanted to point out with that. Also, one more, uh, one more fight that I wanted to mention, or two more, which was with uh, uh, Pulev, Cobalt Pulev fight versus Rodell Booker. This was a heavyweight fight in which uh, Pulev won, so now he improves his record to 28 and one, and he he did a good job just fighting. Uh, he definitely needs to work on going to the body more. All he was doing is just loading up at the face. And that's why it took so long for this fight to to end because Booker was, it looked like he was a little overweight coming to this fight. But, yeah, nonetheless, Pulev won. He definitely is going to be the, the guy that's probably going to get the next chance to fight somebody for a belt, him or Usyk. So just be on the lookout for that. Another guy who has a belt actually is Jamal Heron. He won. He improves his record to 21-2 and two with 10 KOs. He beat... DeMont Roach Jr., who was undefeated as well. And this was the Super Featherweight division. It was a 12-rounder. It's a 130-pound division. And he did a very good job. Uh, it, it was times where he could have dominated the whole fight, but towards the end, he was starting to lose a couple rounds. But he just pretty much took the, the, the pedal off the gas. But he's a very good fighter. I look forward to him getting a unification fight against Miguel Burchett. Hopefully, he can get one with Tevin Farmer and... We can see that go down, but definitely I'm, I'm looking forward to him getting a unification fight. And that's all I have to say about the notable mentions. And now let me get into the main event fights, which is the first one, which is with Billy Joe Sanders versus Marcelo Corrales. Billy Joe Saunders came into this fight with 28 wins, zero losses, and 13 KOs in his campaign, which means he was undefeated, and he had the WBO super middleweight title versus Marcelo Corrales, who came into this fight with 28 wins, zero losses, and one draw with 15 KOs. And this is for the super middleweight division, 12-rounder, and this fight looked like it was Going to be an easy win for Billy Joe Saunders. Before I get into what happened during the fight, I just want to say that for the Devin Haney fight and the Billy Joe Saunders fight, these two fights were supposed to be fights that were supposed to be knockouts for these two boxers because they were supposed they got two opponents that most people did not know. So this was supposed to be an introduction for them to win new fans. And in this fight, now I want to get get into it. In this fight, Billy Joe Saunders did not do that in the fashion that everybody was expecting him to do against this opponent. Billy Joe Saunders came into the came started this fight doing a very good job at moving around, keeping the pressure on. And one other, another thing he was doing, he was uh, throwing some some good counter punches and some good jabs. However, as the rounds kept going later on, Mar Marcelo started having a game plan that was working so well 
against uh against Billy Joe Saunders, and he was throwing his own good body shots and throwing good a good a good right hand that was just landing all day, and eventually, like the when the rounds kept going on, I had it almost I had it looking at it live. I had it like I knew that they was going to give it to Billy Joe Saunders if it went to decisions. But in the fight, I just felt like the fight, in a sense, was a draw going up into that 11th round in which Billy Joe Saunders got a knockdown. He got actually three knockdowns before the ref just said no more. So that's that's how I felt because Marcelo did a great game plan and adjusted in the fight that made it very difficult for Billy Joe Saunders and made him seem like he couldn't he couldn't overcome it to a certain extent. So it, it was very surprising. I know the fans was like very bored out their mind because it was a technical fight and they just wanted to come to see a bunch of knockouts and a bunch of people just brawling it out and they didn't get that at all. So yeah, that's 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 what I wanted to say about this fight. It's nothing more that I wanted to say about it. I know Billy Joe Saunders is calling out Canelo, and that's a potential matchup. I feel like Canelo definitely is going to win that fight based on his performance. But I've heard before that he plays towards uh, he play he fights on the same level as his competition. So hopefully, if he do get an opportunity with Canelo, that he fights at a higher level and he actually prepares better. But from this performance, I don't see him beating Canelo. And even though he's a very good fighter, it's just levels to this. And I don't think he's at that level. And, yeah, that's all I got to say about this fight. Next fight I'm going to get into is the Devin Haney versus Alfredo Santiago. Devin Haney came into this fight with 23 wins, 0 losses, and 15 KOs in his campaign, which means he was undefeated, versus Alfredo Santiago, who came into this fight with 12 wins, 0 losses, and 4 KOs in his campaign, and he was undefeated as well. This is for the lightweight division, which was that 135-pound division. Devin Haney does hold the WBC lightweight title that he got due to Lomachenko becoming a franchise WBC champion. And this was, I think I said already, it's a 12-rounder. Devin Haney came into this fight, as I mentioned before, as a guy who was trying to capture more fans that usually don't watch boxing, casual fans, and build his status even more. So uh, impressive performance in this fight would have been very helpful in his growth as a promoter, as a boxer, as a person overall. In this fight, Alfredo Santiago came into this fight. Nobody really knew who he was, but we found out he had a very, very good amateur career. And he was a guy that was a southpaw. He had a very, very kind of awkward style, but he knew what he was doing in the ring. And when this fight happened, Devin Haney had some struggles that I was surprised about and I'm sure everyone else was surprised about because, like I said, we didn't know who Alfredo Santiago was. We was all expecting the knockout, a spectacular knockout to prove to the fans that you are the guy in the lightweight division. However, we didn't get that. Alfredo Santiago did a great job at keeping the distance. He had a longer reach and 
He kept that distance very well. He didn't allow Devin Haney to load up and and hit him with a strong right hand because that's his that's Devin Haney's strong hand. He didn't allow him to 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 get off on that. He kept he kept one thing he kept doing. He clinched a lot. Alfredo did a great job at clinching every time he was about to load up and things of that nature. He did get knocked down and I want to say it was like round four, but he recovered very well and he made it out of that round. And I feel like he won a few rounds, like more than a few. I feel like he, he won at least, in my opinion, like three to four rounds, definitely because of the way that he was making Devin Haney frustrated. And Devin Haney was definitely not at his A A game when it came to Alfredo because of him being a southpaw with him clinching and overpowering Devin Haney because I felt like Devin Haney should have pushed him off of him and not allowed him clutch so much. But Devin didn't do it. He clinched him the whole 12 rounds, and he made it a pretty – a pretty close fight, uh, not a dirty fight, I would say, but he was making it a fight that was so much more of a of a of a more technical fight, in which David Haney couldn't outwit Alfredo Santiago. He did win with a unanimous decision, which means he continues, and now he improves to twenty four and zero. But he didn't do it in the fashion that everyone expected him to, and then it raised some concerns for people saying, is he really as good as he's portraying himself to be? Is he ready for Lomachenko? Is he ready for Javante Davis? Because he just had a talk with him, and they was going back and forth. And a lot of people were saying, no, he's not ready based on this performance. And rightfully so, because it was a performance in which Devin Haney really didn't adjust much. He said he did dislocate his shoulder later in the round, so that that affected as well. But uh, there were some things that I felt like Devin Haney could improve on. Like I said, getting stronger and pushing Alfredo off of him in that fight, what, what I felt was very big. Canelo just proved that he can do that against Kovalev because Kovalev was the guy that loved to clinch. He knew how to do it very well, but Canelo's didn't allow him to clinch, and that's what led to a KO. I felt like Devin relied too much on that right hand, and I felt like he can, he can, he he should have fainted more. He should have tried to load up on more combinations, but nonetheless, he did get the win, and he did do it convincingly. It was a clear win for him. So now I just say he's still young. He's only like 20, 21 years old, so he still got time to grow. But like I said, he's a champion now, so he has to get better at a very fast rate if he wants to keep this undefeated streak because now that he has a, a world title belt, he's not a prospect no more. The top guys are coming for him, and he's going to have to fight the top guys. So there's no running at this point. And that's all I got to say. He, he He's even calling out a lot of these guys, so he's going to get them fights regardless. So I just hope that he – Steps up to the plate and does a very good job against his next opponent. It's supposed to be Javier uh, Fortuna. That's who he WBC just ordered that, so that's potentially his next fight. And I'm looking forward to that because that's a good competitor who has a lot of fights and who knows how to fight. So looking forward to that. So now let's get into the last fight, which is with KSI versus Logan Paul. KSI came into this fight with his debut, which means he hasn't fought 
boxing professionally. And Logan Paul as well came into this fight with his debut as well. So they both came into the fight 0-0. And they were in the cruiserweight division. It was a six-rounder. And this was a fight in which two guys who are very big on YouTube, who has over 20 million followers on YouTube, I mean, or subscribers, I would say. And they are very big. These guys get millions of views per video. These guys are fighting professionally now. They were licensed. They definitely are. They fought in the past and got a draw, but it wasn't it wasn't a professional fight. This one is a professional fight. No headgear. Uh, what is it? Eight ounce gloves. They were going straight at it. No hard hose bar. Just a completely real fight, just like the other fights. So they got into this fight and it lived up to all the expectations that everyone wanted to see if you was a fan of these two because they gave you all the excitement that you wanted. KSI was throwing straight bombs in this fight. When I'm telling you, this man relied on that right hand and he was throwing it with power, throwing it with with conviction, like he was trying to KO Logan Paul. He was trying to KO Logan Paul. No questions about it. And it made it so fun because you like you don't see people swinging like that other than maybe Deontay Wilder with that much conviction, that much strength. And it was it was very interesting to watch and very fun to watch. And Logan Paul came into this fight just jabbing. All he knew, jab, 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 jab. That's all he kept doing was jabbing, jabbing, jab, 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 jab. That's all he was doing, literally. He was just jabbing. And they both got technically knockdowns. Those were very entertaining when those happened. KSI knocked Logan Paul down, but the ref called it. It wasn't a knockdown. And then that was like early in the rounds. And then Logan Paul knocked KSI down, and he was actually buckled. He was buckled. And they called it a knockdown. However, Logan Paul, like, pushed his head down when he when he did it. And so the referee took two points away from Logan Paul. So that, that round was pretty much like a draw. And... It, I, I thought it was fair because of KSI not getting knocked down the first time. And they just kept going back and forth with a bunch of haymakers from KSI, a bunch of jabbing for Logan Paul, and it was going back and forth. And KSI ended up getting the decision, which means he's 1-0 now. And he conquered Logan Paul. He said ain't no rematch. He did what he needed to do, and he's a better opponent. So that's all i gotta say about that if you haven't watched it please watch it on youtube it is so entertaining it was just so fun to watch i loved it for anybody that's new to boxing i hope you all appreciate it because there are a lot of fights similar to that that you can watch throughout the year and i'm going to continue to give that out so this concludes this episode so that's all i have to say so yeah and this concludes this episode of Size of Boxing. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening all the way to the end. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a positive rating if you can. And tell a friend to tell a friend if they're boxing fans. Because I'm going to continue to give out great content each and every week. So stay tuned to that. And God bless.